seeing how the Pantheon devs choose to interact with other games, right? Hearing about on show and like hearing about how they choose to behave, like that alone has enticed me to want to know more about the game. Seriously. Yeah. Honestly, right? it's just good. Even even if they have no intention of following through with just like playing nice, mm -hmm. the fact that you can be civil in a public forum is just good PR. Yeah, and I I'm I'm probably I'm I'm gonna probably play Pantheon as a result. Like I'm more interested and curious about it because of that. Hey, welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined by my returning party members. Welcome back, Lexer. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and welcome back, the Nathan Napalm. Hey, hey, glad to be here. Yeah. Should I tell people about the wig situation before the show? <laughs> You're like, hold on a second. I better take this wig and I got to hide my wig, man. I don't need them seeing this evidence that I, uh, I'm up to shenanigans on occasion about parodies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a 80s uh, hair metal band wig. Uh, it was just kind of chilling back here. I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Uh, that. I didn't even notice it either. And you like mentioned, it, I was like, oh, he's so quick to get it out the way. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah before we dig in too deep today i want to give a big shout out to all of the supporters here on twitch youtube and patreon thanks for keeping the party's bags packed provisions stocked for all of our adventures here on the show and uh man there have been some things recently we've got to talk about in gaming news there's a big part of the show obviously also gaming related topics which we're going to dig into today um yeah so why don't we just jump on in, kind of start off with uh, our weekly highlights in gaming. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the week just kind of shot by for me. Yeah. Jeez, man. Went by yeah, really quick. Too fast. Yeah, it did. Went by quick, man. And uh, Nathan, hey, you still playing around with DSO? Yeah, I am. I played it right before the show, actually, for a little nice. bit before this kicked off. Um you know, it's a fun game, and, uh, you know, uh, pop on for, you know, it's one of those games where you, I don't, at this particular time, feel um, that I have to devote any time to it, but when mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, I got some free time, me hop back on ESO, and uh, I think I've gotten, like, level 35 on a fresh nice. character I started, um, so, having some fun, man, I want to get, I want to get, I want to get max level and uh, make a build and uh, get to Cyrodiil. But but Ooh. this week actually I started another game of Baldur's Gate three, because um, oh. I haven't played it since the third patch um, or since it came out. So I wanted to see what they've been up to there, uh, having fun with it. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course uh, I'm doing a playthrough with uh, some other uh, Pantheon community members of EverQuest too. We just did that last night. Nice. What you been What you been playing lately, Lexer? Um, a whole lot of nothing, to be honest. Really? Uh, I haven't even logged into Hellgate. Uh, I just, this week, the first time I played a game was today. When I played For the King, which is free on Epic. Get it? It's mm. pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I downloaded that game today. I think there, I forget which other one was up. I can't really look right now, but there were two that you could pick up, and I saw that one. I have, like, 
I actually have a pretty significant inventory of uh, games over on Epic that I actually haven't even played. Yeah, that I just pick up because they're they're free games, which is kind of cool, you know. Because I mean, it's Metro Last Light Redo. Thank you, man. Or Redux Thank you. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Which I need to pick up. Yeah. Um. There's there's actually two Metro games I've picked up from Epic, and I think I have one that I purchased uh, at a on like sale through Steam or through Fanatical, uh, but for Steam. And I started playing that one. I was actually pretty cool. Um, man, let's let's just kind of start off with the the heavy heart one because I don't like to have a really good time and talk about stuff and then get to the get to the part that's kind of like heavy. Um, yeah. So Zenimax Media uh, founder and CEO Robert Altman passed away, and uh, I'm not going to read you know too much of that. He was only like 74, and I saw that I think it was a tweet that I actually had seen today. Um, I think it was from um what's his name slash lurk he's the uh one of the upper guys for uh you know the elder scrolls online he was like giving some kudos to the guy and uh yeah i mean a lot of people considered him to be you know held in a high regard uh, I, I actually yeah. you know don't have too much uh too much feedback on it other than it it does make me wonder how uh it was rich rich lambert he was the one that was actually reflecting on it and kind of giving some positive um, you know, he had some positive things to say on social media about it and everything, but, um, you know, I do wonder how that's going to impact things. And other thing I've kind of wondered about, which is a bit of a segue is I'm haven't, we've talked about, you know, how Microsoft had picked up, you know, ZeniMax and Bethesda and everything, right. With their, their yeah. massive, it was like, what, seven, seven something billion, 7.5 billion, um, that they, they purchased it for, and we haven't. I mean, we haven't really seen any like significant moves, you know, really, really big moves, you know, to where they're like, boom, and here we're doing this now. You know, it's been yeah, like you're not going to see anything like that for probably a year. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'd like to say that if you look at other um, deals Microsoft has gotten, uh, sometimes they're not purchases, sometimes they're yeah. just exclusive deals or whatever, but they're pretty, um, they purchase companies usually that, um, are doing good right obviously and that's why they have to spend the major money because it's not a failing company right uh but maybe just need um uh more more of a backbone support uh or maybe just um they're like microsoft looks are like yeah they're not using their full potential <laughs> you know what i'm saying so, <laughs> i'm sorry that, the I only thought that's running through my head is why did why did we the guys at microsoft are going why did we buy <sighs> zenimax because they lack a backbone and they need one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I think I think it will help. I think Microsoft will, will allow that support where they'll like send in their their um you know people to test their codes and test their whatever and um make sure everything's of higher quality before it's launched. That's what I think we're gonna see. Mm -hmm. I think they'll, they'll be the only major they'll save money on Windows licensing, that's for sure. And oh, that. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> that that that's one of those <laughs> one of those things that <laughs> Sim gets triggered on on some of these topics. I'm gonna leave that shit alone, man. Oh, Windows licensing is one of my things. I just, dude. I just... Oh, don't worry. I worked for Microsoft, and I'm right there with you. Oh, it's just not the way they do that. Is not cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's so not okay, dude. It's so not cool. I, I could tell you some stories that would just make you sick to your stomach. Yeah, I believe it, dude. I do believe it. Um. 
so talking about the Elder Scrolls Online, you know, a lot of it, Cyrodiil drew a lot of inspiration from Dark Age of Camelot. Yeah, it had it, some of the same, same team members. It too. did, especially Very in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Nathan, you actually did a video recently on Dark Age of Camelot and kind of like the classic server, like kind of a relaunch that they might be doing. You want to maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so they've been working on it for a while, uh, for a year and a half, maybe two years, something like that. Um, and they've been mentioning that it was coming one day that they were going to do a a classic server. And actually, way back in 2005, they tried mm-hmm. to do it, but it was um, not advertised. I didn't even know about it, um, but they did try to do it, and it didn't do so hot. So obviously, they're this time trying to do it a little differently. They didn't give a lot of details besides that it's coming. And the interesting part, that that where where they mentioned this time was it was in their 2021 roadmap right so talking about what we're gonna do this year and they mentioned it so it made me feel like uh that and they said they got information coming very soon or something like that so it made me feel like that they are planning it for this year um and that game could use a classic server because we have a couple of private servers phoenix is really cool and if you want to experience dark age camelot that's where i would tell you to go um the phoenix server right yeah. uh, just happens to be called that but uh, yeah you know uh, it, it's an honor <laughs> it's really an honor you know it's a server i guess i, I don't know <laughs> uh, but it's a good server but it's not classic they added a lot of drops and things and very mm-hmm. convenient kind of things um you level up a lot faster all that so I, I just feel like they need a real classic server and the, that server does really good though um for an old game right it does yeah. like there's three rounds and there's around four to 500 people per round at any time of the day, basically. That's their average population. That's pretty good. That's about 1,500 people logged into a private server at a time. So I think there's a ton of people just will not play a private server, right? They're right. not going to download these files uh, that are from unknowns, and they're no. just, they don't tamper with that. They just want to download a game, play it from official. And you got to keep in mind, Dark Age Cam- Camelot had hundreds of thousands of people uh, playing during its peak so i think pulling together a good eight to ten k people uh at a classic is doable i think they will i'm pretty excited about it i think it's gonna be things gonna be pretty epic nobody's ever done pvp like that by the way zero deal might give you a taste not the same though but it's not the same because dark age no. camelot each realm had its own races and classes so you weren't battling people that were the same class as you. You were battling people yeah. that were different classes than you. They had different abilities and everything. Yeah. Uh, so it was wild, man. It was uh, nobody's ever done it. It was just so cool. Yeah, it was. You had to actually research who your enemies were. Yeah. yeah. And you would you would learn quick too. You'd be like, sometimes you wouldn't even know the name of it, right? I remember I'd be like those shroom guys from <laughs> Hibernia, right? I, because they laid down all these shrooms. I did. I still. I I think they were called Eldritches. I'm not sure. But like you, I had my own names for them. I'd be like, that's one of those shroom guys, you know, um, be careful. They got a shroom guy in there. Don't walk in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember, uh, I, I, I actually tried dark age of Camelot and I didn't get super far and it was on like a private, it was like some private server. I can't remember mm-hmm. it anymore. I can't remember the name. Um, but I, yeah, I remember trying that and, uh, I liked it. It was definitely dated at the time when I played it. Um, but yeah, I think there's a big difference between like an alliance war and Cyrodiil where you have factions versus factions versus realm versus realm where like, you yeah. know, you said like there's a, there's a, a greater uh, difference in identity. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. you get down and to it, and you, all that. You get real prideful. Like yeah. even on the comments of my video, it's hilarious to read them. Cause it's been a lot of these people haven't played the game in over a decade and they're still like, Oh, Midgard, Hibernia, screw you Albs. You know, like all this stuff, like it's still like you, you were your round. Cause each round was really like its own game, it had its own content, had its own PVE, had its own mm-hmm. raid fights, everything. Um, and I want to mention one more thing before we move on. Sure. They've also been talking about for a long time that they're going to put it on Steam. And everybody's like, why haven't you done that yet? I think it's because they're trying to get their classic server the way they want it, whatever that may be. And they'll have a brand new server and it'll go on Steam at the same time, which is a very intelligent move to make. And also not to mention that Broadsword owns Dark Age Camelot. They own that and Ultima Online. And honestly, comparative to the other classic MMOs uh, that have been bought out, I think Broadsword's a pretty respectable company. I yeah. don't think they've done anything very... No, uh, they, they haven't know. done anything, that, at least to my knowledge, that's been like, you know, super shady. Like, you right. look at it and go, I don't know about this. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think they've I done mean, fairly Even well. my beloved EverQuest has done stuff where I look at it and go, <laughs> how much crack do you guys smoke? Yeah. <laughs> my beloved. Yeah, I feel you on that. Oh man, dude. You know, and then there was this uh you you caught this too, man. And you know, we we like I, I I'm an ashes, I'm an ashes guy, right? Like Nathan, you're you're a pantheon guy, right? We got we got a little love and respect for the other, right? Lexer's yeah. uh hates everyone equally guy, but likes people on what days of the week? <laughs> I'll let Depends you know when I figure that out. Yeah, cool, right on. So basically you know, we got different people who like different games, man, are like primarily supporting different games. There's other games that I dig too. I mean, you've got Defend the Night that's like got a really great premise, has a lot of potential. There's and there's the games that have fallen by the wayside that uh, you know, we're kind of like supportive of as well. Saga of Lucemi looks great. Um, it's kind of dark, dark right now. Um, it's not that they're not active and still progressing on the game. I know for a fact they are. Do you know what it is with but, that? Yeah. The, one thing that always bugged me about that game is that you know it's it's everything requires a group, everything. Everything, yeah. Well, everything. Yeah. Well, if that you want to do your quest genuinely, like you can you can yeah. hover around a town, but if you want to go anywhere outside of that, you gotta have a party. Right. To me, it's it's too far one way. Yeah. Whereas most modern games are too far in the other way. Yeah, it's they're fair. not trying to find a happy medium. But anyway, I was watching. Um, I was watching one of their streams and this doe, not not a buck, this yeah, little doe, doe this yeah. little female deer, aggroed Beat the group ass. and kicked the shit out of them yeah. all. So my thought is that maybe a deer got in their office and kicked them all to death. And <laughs> then they had to bring in a game. Yeah, it's true though. Like little little creatures that you would think would be one taps, you know, like they'll just ruin you if you're not careful. So, yeah, think, well, of yeah. the, think of the rabbit from uh, Holy Grail. It's kind of like with, you know, EQ, you the, go. the snake kicks back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's snake kick, yeah. Yeah, like that one, you know. You know, we actually kind of hit on Saga of Leucemia a while back, and I had a thought, and I forgot it at the time, but we were talking about uh, social media presence, right, for games, and how, yeah. you know, like I think that that's really important. And there was, um, there was, uh, we were talking about Saga Leucemia and everything. And I remember, um, 
you know, we were kind of discussing like their presence on social media and everything. And I remember a discussion with Renfell, right? That's their CEO, creative director guy. And I remember uh, having around the time I did like a Q&A with them and jumped in and did a little play test and got the stream and all that because I, you know, I'm one of their affiliate people. I get to kind of like jump in and show it off and all that. And I remember that I caught, it was like an article on a, on a, either like, it was like MMORPG.com or Massively Overpowered or something like that. It was one of those sites. And I remember like him catching him and these people, and there's these dedicated trolls that he has that definitely don't like him. And they seek out any posts about that game on, on any of these places that it's public, uh, you know, publicized or whatever. And it was hilarious because he would like just dish it back and he would actually go back and forth with them. And I was like, Oh man, he, he just, he would go back and forth with them and just every time constantly go back and forth. And it was totally taking some digs and like, you know, it kind of like try to kill him with kindness or try to correct them or try to say, Hey, it's not for you or something like that. But he has some dedicated like haters for sure. Uh, it's weird, he, isn't it? Yeah. Like, dedicated haters is a weird thing. I've yeah. Got you and, uh, it's yeah, crazy. Same. Their dedication is yeah. um, remarkable. I can't really even be mad at them because I'm like, you seriously invest a lot of your life energy. Follow me around to hate me. And that's uh it's impressive. I'm uh right. I'm flattered. You're making it a so, point. It's it's so cute to you guys who like, you know, I have a few dedicated trolls. Yeah. <laughs> Lex Lexus like I have a few dozen or a few <laughs> legions. I have a, I basically have a queue. I even ha I have messages on Discord that I haven't even read yet. Oh, wait a second. Oh, this reminds me of something. And I forgot to share it. And I remember what happened. We got a comment on the last video. And I, I don't uh -oh. know that name. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Should I say it? Should I say it? I feel like it'll Go be a fun it. time. This is kind of the this. this is kind of the filterless. I think my I think my settings on YouTube, like I think I got the notice of it on my phone. And I think okay. I went to look at it and it wasn't showing on the actual video. And right. and then um, oh, I'm gonna have to pull this up. I this you is that you had to go like uh, YouTube wouldn't show it and you had to approve need, it or deny yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah, and I went to look for it and I don't know if it got deleted or if it's just like hidden back there. And I just honestly went to look at it, saw it wasn't there, and I was like, Oh, I gotta go do this. And that came back and forgot about it, maybe thing. But it just reminded me. Someone said someone called Lexer a hedge fund shill. And I oh, was like, feelings. I was like, who in the what? F is this? Yeah, I need to go find it. He didn't take up for the hedge funds. That's why he I was said, like, what? He said we got to be careful of what this actually is. I, I, I said that I'm concerned about the collateral damage. That's yes. Yeah, to the economy and to the right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't give a damn what happens to those fat cat piles of garbage. I was like, I was like, how'd you draw that conclusion from what he said? I'll tell, tell, tell you what. All yeah. Listened to like four words out of my yeah. mouth, and then wrote the comment. Right, because yeah. people are idiots. Yeah, I'm like literally what he said was had nothing to do with that. It was actually talking about like mom and dad investors who were like, oh, yeah, okay. I have an example. I have I have a friend who is he's always loved GameStop, even through all the crap that's going on. Yeah, it's where he, it, yeah. I mean, it was his first job. You know, he worked there for as long as he could. Then he had to move on because he just life evolves. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so when he started investing, he he dropped some money into GameStop. Well, he got screwed in this whole thing. 
because what he would do is whenever he got mm -hmm. his paycheck, he would put a little money aside. When he had enough to buy a couple more shares, he'd buy a couple more. Just, you know, he, the guy didn't understand everything 100%. And he thought that by buying them, he's supporting them. Mm. Like trying to help keep them alive. Mm. And now he's, he's out a boatload. Just because he started doing that short selling stuff to try and try and increase the money so he could put it back into it. Yeah. You know, because he thought he was helping GameStop. And now it's just all gone. It doesn't it didn't really hurt him. But, you know, to think that you're, you're missing a couple thousand bucks now when your intention was that you genuinely just thought you were helping a business. Yeah. As as naive as that is, I still feel bad for the guy. There probably is a lot of people that feel that way. Um yeah, I mean, I mean, in some ways it can help, right? So if stocks are up and the market has a lot of positivity going for it, then mm -hmm. it can help them get um, maybe loans or something. I don't know. I'm sure it could help them in some way because they can be like, look, we're doing great. The market loves us, you know. I don't know. I see. I mean, I, I do a little bit in stocks. I don't do a ton because... I think everybody at Wall Street's a goddamn crook, and I'd beat them to death with their briefcase in a game if yeah. I had a chance. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd well beat, done, them, beat well them to done. death with the briefcases in Grand Theft Auto. I just had a <laughs> moment of pride in Luxor for a minute there. I was like, he delivered a, a, a really in great, a like, glow. Yeah, that's right. I got to keep your money myself. This isn't yeah. my show. Exactly. You are responsible shit that comes out of my mouth. Hey, man, but that <laughs> I'm, I'm totally on board with what you just said. That was just fine by me, man. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, beat that ass in game motherfucker hey we, uh, we went we went off track there. yeah we did i'm sorry we went off track you do you do you remember where you were going we were talking uh, about the i'm a pantheon guy yes a, it's right here in front of me i got it right here so check this out so this was actually really cool so mmo games on twitter posted um which upcoming mmo are you excited about and there were four listed right it was crimson desert Ashes of Creation, Dual Universe, and New World. I, by the way, have not looked at the other one we're going to mention. Well, some of the other ones, the second um, voting that we're going to check in on in a second. I haven't seen it since that day. But Ashes of Creation uh, is at 81.5% out of uh, Crimson Desert, 4.3%, Dual Universe, 1.2%, New World, 12.9%, out of 3.34, well, 3.3%. K votes okay there's five days left i'll actually go on ahead and just for anybody who's interested and likes in them games y'all can go vote here that's their thing and you can follow and take a look at what we're talking about too and then also down below you saw you know a bunch of stuff seeing as we have so many passionate pantheon fans out there and then said all right then fans demand a battle and a battle they shall have ashes of creation versus pantheon mmo fight and five days left on this, and out of 1,966 votes, okay, Ashes is at 56.5, and Pantheon's at 43.5. I'm pretty confident if you were to, like, you know, look at that, you would actually have Ashes, then Pantheon, then New World, then Crimson Desert, then Dual Universe, out of all the ones we've got, we've looked at so far. Yeah. And then the best part is Ashes is like, but what if we just want to hug it out and not fight? And then Steven, <laughs> the CEO creative director, uh, chimed in too. And I think, I don't think the first one was him. It was probably Margaret or the social media guru that handled stuff and things. But this one was 
We love our friends over at Visionary Realms, and they have an awesome project in development with Pantheon MMO. The genre benefits from less tribalism and more camaraderie. Together we rise, Stephen. Love it. Yeah. And then Chris Perkins. Yeah, Chris Perkins Joppa over at, uh, you know, Pantheon said, wishing all the best for you and the AOC team. Much respect, Stephen and Ashes of Creation. Now, I got to say, over the past, what, five months or so, we've reflected on interactions six months. We'll go with six yeah. months because yeah. there were a few things. There were the homies in both of these games that were on a round table during uh, that uh, gaming. Oh, my God. I forget. What was the event? Was it PAX East or something? Yes. Online. PAX East Online. So you had uh, you had, you know, homeboy over at Amazon <laughs> and then you had those two there with the guy from Crowfall. Right. And, you know, Crowfall dev, uh, the Pantheon dev and the Ashes dev were all super cool with each other. Yeah. I can't really speak for the other guy. He was just trying to. Medley. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. He was kind of kissing Amazon's ass the whole time and defending it and kind of like yeah. trying to like counter damn near everything Steven was saying. And I'm just like. And that was a perfect example of what they didn't do in that post. Yeah. Okay. In that post, they were like, you know, shouting out each other. Awesome project. Hope, you know, you do well, you know, awesome. Great. You know, and it's like, and that's the thing, man. I believe that is super awesome. Not because it's Care Bear, not because, oh, everybody gets along. No, it's good for the gaming community when you don't yeah. try to divide people and say, we see you as a number and a resource we want. Right. Yeah. That's that's my perspective. It's good PR people, too. When Absolutely. people start using Care Bear as an insult, here's what I gotta tell you. If you grew up in the 80s, you watched the Care Bears. I don't give a damn who you were. I you Line, line hard for life, baby. Right. So shut <laughs> your gob, course you were, dude. Suck it up and deal with it. It's so stupid, <laughs> dude. It's like, you know, but it just doesn't it just doesn't it as a consumer, as a member in a community, as a gamer. This is going to lead me into the next point I'm going to just jump over to. But doesn't it, for all of you listening, seriously, and Drac Attack, you're out there, homie. I know you're listening, man. He's always doing an amazing job quoting us and tweeting stuff. And I have a feeling this one's going to be there, like this conversation piece. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely the Air Bear thing will be. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but like, dude. I don't know how many times I've been as a consumer waiting on a game to release and felt like they just want the numbers, the money, take the coin purse. They don't really give a shit about the product they're delivering. Don't care, man. All they care about is, are you with us? Because everybody else sucks. You can right. tell right yes. off. You can tell before a game releases if, if they care about their people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. very easy because you can look at where their money goes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the cinematics of WoW, and I love the cinematics of, of ESO and all of them. I love them. But when they dump that kind of money, they're expecting a return. That's one tick less that they care about you because one more tick goes into having to earn more money. Yeah, and, and I also want to say that things like this, right, if they maintain a decent relationship, right, because um, a lot's going to change before they both launch, but I do believe they'll maintain a, a, a civil relationship, right? I think so. But imagine, imagine if it got to a point where they did crossover events and how freaking cool that would be, right? And how, how you know, how genre change that would be if there was some crossover events between where there was, uh, like, and it doesn't have to be, like, actually, like, you go to each other's world. I just mean, like, 
Yeah. Unless they got some of the designers from Ashes came and designed a raid for Pantheon, and Pantheon's team went and designed a raid for Ashes. All right, cool. That, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be freaking or, or awesome? Or even just an item that's prominent in one game shows up in another. Oh, exactly. Like yeah. that would be cool. That would be freaking sweet. Yeah, I mean, with the MMO tribalism, you know, the the genre is in shambles. <laughs> there's there's no getting around it. The MMO genre is a dilapidated piece of junk. Well, no, no, no. We're doing good on this. It's doing great over here. That's <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. Bones, we, man. As as people that make MMOs, we have to work together. We don't have to share our what we're doing. We don't have to give mm -hmm. away our ideas. But we do need to help each other somehow. Yeah. Because even your standard MMO player is going to jump around to like what four, five, six, seven games a year. Uh, yeah. And they're yeah. probably going to MMOs. If we work together, you can basically keep players going around in this musical chair circle. That are that is different games, and you everybody's still going to benefit because when someone leaves yours, you have more people coming from another game. Yeah, and you know? I'm not going to lie, I I foresee that I will have a subscription for Pantheon, obviously, and I'll probably have an active subscription going for um, Ashes. I usually have two, you know, um, and I that's what I plan. Unless somebody really screws the pooch on me, then that's the two mm -hmm. I, I actually probably will have a subscription for both and you know um obviously i favor pantheon currently um but you know there's times where you're just like well for one thing i'm a content creator right i have to i have to dip my toes a, a little bit in other things yeah, but um, it's a jam too this is like your domain this is of course what you're going to want to you can't just you know you, your right. point is to try different things and to, to right play and, them and i'll need to right yeah. and, but also it's worth mentioning that although they do share a lot of similarities, like public dungeons and uh, the world mattering and all that kind of thing, and trying to make it not Groundhog Day, both have different tactics for all these things, but they're all trying to make um, your your experience be different each time in some way. Uh, so they got a lot of similarities, but honestly, I've got to get my PvP fix from somewhere, right? Oh. It's got <laughs> to. I, and and um, so I'm pretty sure Ashes will be my PvP fix, right? So yeah. I don't see them as competition. Honestly, I see them as a, they're so different, man. Their visions are besides the very base core. They're so different. They're going to two totally well, different directions. Absolutely. I mean, different gameplay styles right are, at, at its core. Ashes yeah. is more actions oriented. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, Pantheon is this slow, methodical, old school strategy. It yeah. may be slow, but when shit hits the fan, you're going to wish it was even slower. Yeah. You'll be sweating. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest, you guys, like, do you, do you know that, like, as someone who is has been so focused on that, look, I make a lot of content around Ashes, podcast around it. I've been doing stuff for it for four, four years, man, four years now. OK. I'm dug in. Yeah, four years. There's a freaking website, a podcast. I stream content around it, make videos on YouTube for it. And it's it's primarily my thing. But I'm going to be really honest. Seeing how the Pantheon devs choose to interact with other games, right? Hearing about on show and like hearing about how they choose to behave like that alone has enticed me to want to know more about the game. Seriously. Yeah. Honestly, right? it's just even, even if they have no intention of following through with just like playing nice, mm -hmm. the fact that you can be civil in a public forum is just good PR. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm gonna probably play Pantheon. 
as a result. Like I'm more interested and curious about it because of that. Right. Because it doesn't, that doesn't, it's not mimicking the same shit we've seen over and over and over with game companies. Yeah. You're like, we just want you here. We don't give, we don't give a, a damn about the other guys. We don't, we don't think they deserve you. We deserve you. We're going to try to convince you why we're so deserving of you, why we're the best, why we deserve your money. We deserve your blank, like all of right. that, that, this dirty ass shit. And it, yeah. it's no wonder why people are so sick of waiting for an MMORPG. Which leads me to this other. I saw this article, right? And the, we, we we tied this in the Kickstarter, right? We've had so many like horror stories or just like unfortunate discussions around MMOs that have just like not been, it's not a good time, <laughs> right? We talk about Oath, what, what's going on there? We don't know. Darkness, it's over a year of darkness. Uh, uh, you know, you've got Valar kind of dipped off, right? They, they're just gone. It's unfortunate. Looked like it had potential. Chronicles of Valyria. Uh, guy leading it's an absolute shitbag and that's my opinion i'm sticking to it and i don't give a fuck right i don't yeah. care it's dirty i'm calling it say what you want but you have these situations you got like kickstarted games are like oh, oh, oh let's do this and that just to try to to yoink some money and then they just it falls apart chronicles of Lyria is a great example of that and it's a damn shame because it the vision of what they said it could be whether that they're not that was ever actually planned to be delivered i don't know Right. But the yeah. way things kind of transpired as that wasn't delivered, that was unfortunate. That was not cool. Really dirty uh, in regard to how the gamers and the people that uh, helped kickstart it were treated truthfully. Just it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's no wonder people are tired of the MMORPG genre and waiting for a new one to come out. Right. So <clears throat> there was an article on uh, PC Gamer and you know, said basically, I'm just going to kind of read some of it, not all of it, but just kind of like it's a good segue into discussion, right? Over the last few years, I've been wondering from MMO to MMO looking for a permanent or at least long term place to set up shops. Sound familiar? Chasing the Dragon. Yep. That place used to be Azeroth, which is World of Warcraft universe, by the way, if you don't know, which I diligently returned to with the arrival of the new expansion. There have been others, too, and I've been revisiting them as well to become a routine. A trip to World of Warcraft, a tour to Duty and Star Trek Online, yet another alt in Star Wars The Old Republic, all of them so familiar that I could play them with my eyes closed. I desperately need something new. Now more than ever, I really like to lose myself in another world, but the pickings are slim. The days when everyone was gunning for a piece of the MMO pie are so far behind us that even some of the genres that uh, usurped it are on the decline. The MMO isn't dead, not with WoW continuing to rake in all these subs or the many free-to-play MMOs that have weathered the storm, but it's definitely in limbo, and it's been there for years. And it was, what? It was actually Ashes of Creation recently that every time a studio just, an MMORPG studio or a game studio loses people or has layoffs or whatever, you see them going, hey, we're sorry to hear about the losses here. We're hiring. If you're interested, here's where you can contact us, which is cool to see. So the, the point is, though, is that with MMOs, a, a lot of people, you know, they're chasing the dragon. And we, we're all looking for that game, that shining beacon for us all. And, you know, we, we reflect on, well, why is, is one game our shining beacon? And why is one game the place that we want to be versus another? 
And how many times have we had disappointments along the way? Because what they said in the article, I completely agree with. Like a place to immerse yourself, to really dedicate your time, to really make your in-game home so that when you have your downtime, you can go on your adventures, you can have your fun doing the things you want. And people want that so badly. And in these yeah. situations, unfortunately, what happens is that they they get let down over and over and over. And it's no wonder that people, when it comes to MMO specifically, I feel like are just very mistrusting. Yeah. You know? Well, well, look well, at how many times we've been burnt. Yeah, I know. Well, I think what I think a big problem, right, is <clears throat> that uh developers naturally, right, started mm -hmm. saying, what can we what can we add to the game or how can we make it so that people um have they want they need to log in right because yeah. they have something to do right which is you know that's fair uh but they used to focus on how do we make people socialize so that they make friends mm -hmm. so that they want to log on to see their guildmates and their friends and their the people they you know went went on adventures with because i remember my early mm -hmm. days of mmos in like the late 90s early 2000s that i would come home I, all day i'd be not couldn't wait to get on everquest or dark age camelot or final fantasy 11 whatever game it was couldn't wait not because i had something in mind i wanted to do but because i wanted to see what my friends were doing so i could do whatever they're doing with them right like, mm -hmm. I would be so excited. Like, I, oh, man, I hope they're online. I hope somebody's online. What are they going to be up to? And as soon as I log on, you're getting tells. You're getting, hey, there he is. Hey, come join us. We're doing this, that, and the third. That was what made me get addicted to MMOs. Not, oh, I got to log on today because I'm going to get a little further on my my uh, quest line for my gear. Or uh, I'm going to, you know, it wasn't that. That wasn't even why I did it. I did it because I just want to do whatever yeah. whatever was happening, whatever's going on in the world. You yeah, know? totally. So here, here's the thing. I, I kind of disagree a little bit okay. because I agree with like 99% of what you said. <laughs> the right. only part I don't agree with is the fact that when you said like, you know, when they started working or focusing on how to make people socialize, I don't even think it was that. Okay. I think it was they sat down and they wanted to make something that they cared about. Yeah. I mean, look, at, right. look, look at, you know, like Ultima Online. Look at EverQuest, look at Anarchy Online, look at WoW. When they all started, they didn't care about anything except for what they were doing. They wanted to do what they loved. They just had so much heart to put into it, and it showed. Yeah. Nowadays, it's all about rush it out, get people playing, suck as much money up in the vacuum as we can before they start downvoting and screaming at it, and then keep it online as long as it's turning a profit. Yeah. yeah. And I don't care about what they're making anymore. I, I feel like sometimes some of these Steam games um, that launch on Steam, I swear, I think that they make it to where you spend. What is it? You've got. Um, uh, I've never done it because if I buy it and get screwed, I'm just like, oh, well, I, I shouldn't have bought that. I should have known better. <laughs> but um, I think you got like 48. What is it? You got like 24 hours or something. You can get a refund oh, or whatever. I feel like sometimes these games yeah. release in such bad shape because they know it's going to take 24 hours for you to even play the game. <laughs> to even get yeah. on and actually get to experience it to where your time is up, yeah. you know? Yeah. True. Well, it's just, it's just sad because, I mean, I I have a very low opinion of of Microsoft to begin with. Um, but, I mean, I think they were they were behind Asheron's call. 
or at least they published, I think something's telling me they did. I played it for a while, but I mean, like even how many games have you guys actually got lost in the world to where when you finally tear yourself away from it, you find someone at work or wherever that is playing it too. And all you do is talk about it. Yeah. Like incessantly. Yeah. How many times that ever happened to you? To me, I can count three or four times that's happened. And the sad thing is, it happened. The last time it happened was what? That that's it. That after that, there's I've never got lost in a game. I've played the shit out of some games, yeah. but, but I've never gotten lost. Them. I've never, you know, walked away and go, God, I wonder what if what would happen if I went further in that dungeon, or what if I went over those mm-hmm. mountains. You know, it's just yeah. When you get in, a lot. I this is going to sound me like some make me sound like a new age kook, but you can really feel what the developers are putting into it. Mm-hmm. So if you get into it feeling like it's all just half ass, barely loved, that's how you're going to feel when you're playing the game. Yeah. I mean, look at some of the expansions for WoW. When you get in, you're like, this is ridiculous. I am so bored because probably the guys making it were bored out of their skull. Yeah. Because they weren't allowed to do anything they wanted to do. It was all just about the, the margin. The formula, to the too. Like, yeah. Like, it's almost like there's a formula, right? Like, follow the formula. Quests, do not deviate. Many, yep. Yep. This many quests, this make them to where this one will be a fetch quest, this one will be a kill quest, this one will be a in right. repeat. You know, right. exactly. Very, that's boring. A lot of, yeah. I mean, this isn't this isn't to say that the, it's the developer's fault, yeah, because yeah. once once you start turning it into a business, you don't have control anymore. I don't care what the publisher says, you don't have control anymore. Yeah, right. you do what you are told, and that is it. So it's the business suit, or, or that are destroying the genre because we're letting them. Yeah, because they're not letting these developers that really want to put some heart and soul into these things. They just, they just can't do it, which is why you're seeing an influx of all these indie titles that while they may not be as pretty or as smoothly animated triple A companies, you get in and you're just like, it's clunky as fuck, but I love it. It's, It's because you can feel that the developer loves what he's, what he or she is working on. Yeah. And honestly, I really miss the days where that was the common denominator of every game. Yeah. I agree. Oh, God. Purples is there. You could feel Lexer and DTN selling points. Like, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Honestly, man, I, I like uh, you, you talked about, I saw a comment in chat right here. Oh, this is a good point from Troll Tolls, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that in a second. First thing I saw was like talking about immersion and Grey Jedi in chat said you used to get lost in the water temple as a kid, uh yeah. kid link in a carn of time or whatever, but there's a different kind of lost. And uh we got a we got a point. I just gonna I'm just gonna say this real quick. We can do a little Zelda chat, so I'm gonna just put that over to the side real quick. But um yeah, and I got this comment here uh from Troll saying have you seen the new article from Jason Shire about Amazon Studios? They force all creative minds into their business formula, uh, and it's just and it just doesn't work. I, I have never, seen that. 
Yeah. Never will work. Yeah. I've seen that. It seems like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of wondering what's going to change with the new guy stepping up, mm-hmm. you know, because he seems like he's got like some, I don't know what his perspective is going to be, but there, it seems like there are comments that have been made around things with the game studio side are going to be done differently. There was also that, um, cheap though. Yeah. There, there was the other situation. Remember, I, was, I don't know how long ago it was. It was like the, they exposed like ses- sexism and some things that were going on in the, within the studios as well. Like there was like four that's, that's still prevalent in the gaming industry. Yeah, exactly. True. Everywhere. True. Sad. True. So they've got the, they specifically have got like these different, you know, items on the, the gotta gotta clean up list right of things that are kind of going on and i think these are some of them right gotta fit into a box right you have uh harassment in the workplace um you've got issues going on with the games they're working on or how are they choosing to go about uh, managing the different projects then we think about games like lord of the rings universe that's supposed to be in there and you're kind of going yikes because these don't set a good precedent for like that and you kind of hope like things get cleaned up worked on fleshed out you know, then we talk about New World and you hope that that, you know, uh, whatever they're doing there uh, sets a solid foundation for what they end up doing with that game or the Rings game later. Um, just want to jump into this real quick, though. The, the Legend of Zelda guy. So this I don't have the name on hand, but it's somebody. He's a speedrunner and he speed ran the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Completed it 100 percent and took no damage. Wow. That's impressive. Wow. What? I think the only problem I ever have with any speedrunner is that they're kind of at the point now where people are trying to exploit like bugs in order yeah. to get that, that fast finish. And to me, that's that's not a real finish. Mm. Yeah, you I know? like the I like the clean speed runs myself too, where they yeah. actually um just are fast at the game. I tell you the, yeah. the craziest thing I've ever seen though was the kid who wore the blindfold. And they and this wasn't like he was at home either. He was, you know, he was. They get they they put the blindfold on. They tested everything, all that, and they hooked up with one controller into three Nintendos at the same time. So with one controller, he's controlling all three Mega Man's, and he beat all three Mega Man at the same time. What blindfolded playing mm-hmm. one controller three games? What? That's, that's just that just tells you how scripted the old games were. <laughs> that's nuts, man. That's nuts. It's really bad for that. And I'm not saying that as a downside because man. you know the technology back then was, you know, probably a tenth of what your phone can do. Yeah. And right. you know, the, yeah, if if scripting worked, then hell, let's do scripted kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it still takes an awful lot of muscle memory and practice yeah. to do that. And yeah. You can, it's just like, you know, people, a lot of PVPers look down on PVEers because, like, oh, you're just fighting a scripted boss. I'm like, yeah, but there's still difficulty there. I still have respect for the big guilds that can take down something that, you know, because I'm more of a casual guy these days, that my mm-hmm. guild can't even get to 50%. Yeah. You know, yeah, I respect that. As far as, you know, I can respect something happening in an imaginary world that doesn't actually matter. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I know it sounds like a dig. I know it. I know it really does, but it's 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 really not. It's just, also true. You know, it's, if someone came up to me at a convention, it's like, yo, I, you know, I beat Blackwing Layer from old old World of Warcraft. We're the first guild to clear. I'm like, hey, good for you. That's very good. Man, don't 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 expect me to bow. 
<laughs> don't expect me to bow. Yeah, because that ain't happening, son. I, I wouldn't Shit. bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll make sure I'm going to bow to you because you beat a raid. Like, please, man. You guys hear about the rumors of Knights of the Old Republic remake? Oh, I hope. I'm just... And I hope it's good. It's a good game. That's a really good game. I, still, I, I never still played play it. the old one. Yeah, I played it about a year ago. That was the last time I really? played it. Really? Yeah. I, but you know, I never played the second one. I know it was good. I've never I've never played the oh, second they're, one. Oh, they're both good. I love mm. those so much. I think that's why I, I ended up getting so hyped for the old Republic. I because I was, I, was, I was through another... Yeah. stage of playing both those and i played them back to back and then all of a sudden <clears> I, I heard that they had they announced that a few days later i was like oh my god <laughs> now uh, have you do you know because uh, you're the one that told me about this news um uh is the same developer because that was the uh okay uh, what's that bioware wasn't it bioware made that game okay so Rumored to be in the works. So it says the remake of Legend of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game is rumored to be in the works at Aspire Media. They do remakes. That's what they do, right? That's I don't know much about this one. Re- I'll, I'll find out while we're on here. I'm pretty sure that's the company. That's what they do. They do remakes. I'll make sure, though. Yeah, the original Bioware made the first Knights of the Old Republic. Back back when Bioware was something where you see the logo on your screen, and you're just like, oh yes, this is gonna right. be good. Right. And now you nowadays it's just like EA where you see your screen, like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll wait for that paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I never got to play this one. My first step into a Star Wars game, like actually playing one uh, that was reminiscent of the, you know, something like something RPG or MMORPG was uh, actually Star Wars The Old Republic. And I played the shit out of that. And it was one of those. Yeah, I played. I mean, I was like, okay, like brag status. And that game launched. I was brag status. Okay, it was like we were we were up there. We were we were really doing that in game. Everything PVP PVP and my guild force at the time. Whoops, mass. We led some amazing things, killed solo and it was buggy as fuck on the hardest content possible. Got the speeders, did the things. Right. And then the patch that came out for the Rock Wool quest line or whatever, that patch was like, didn't deliver well. And then things started to get weird. Then they ended up consolidating servers. And I was like, yeah. and it just kind of, just kind of didn't, it just felt all messed up. And that was kind of where the end of that journey was. But it was a great time for me in that yeah. game. And everybody, love, everybody talked about Spotor. it. For yeah, like the first six months, I loved that yes, game. Yes, absolutely. It was beautiful. It was great. I mean, I even PvP'd. Hell yeah. Like three or four hours a day in that game. And I and I PVE and I raided. Yep. And I crafted. Yep. That and was, then they yeah. went and then they yeah. went and fucked it all up. <laughs> the games I've done that with MMORPG wise were World of Warcraft, SWOTOR, and The Elder Scrolls Online in that order. Uh, real quick, I want to I want to spin back on Aspire Media. Right. Yes. Uh, first of all, first information I found out about them is they claimed themselves, and this is their company tagline that they are, and I quote, the greatest Mac publisher on earth ever. Well, that doesn't take much, uh, but. <laughs> I, could, I, could go whip out, I could go whip out a Minesweeper for Mac, and I'd be like number two. <laughs> so here's, here's what's interesting. Here's some stuff they've done. So they took games that already existed, and they ported them over to Mac, right? Basically is what they did. Um, Lego Star Wars, uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, uh, 
Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So they've already done a little work with that before. Yeah. Battlefront, um, Empire at War, Jedi Knight uh, 2, uh, and uh, Jedi Academy. So that's that's what they are known for. Yeah. Damn. Well, it sounds like they're in their domain to do this. Right. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully. It'll probably be available on Mac. So there you go, guys. Uh, Mac players, uh, you get another <laughs> game to add to your dozen collection of <laughs> games. <laughs> you can add this to your nice little dozen that you've been able to collect over the past decade. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to start on the whole Mac thing. Because yeah, that, he's like, that, that's a six-hour rant for me just on any Mac computer. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, one last gaming thing, and then we can talk about some topics. But for we'll get a couple topics in real quick. Cool. All right. <sighs> Netflix. I saw this, and I'm really glad, Nathan. You you reminded me of this one. <clears throat> I saw this, and I cringed so hard, bro. I I cringed so hard. Netflix was going to do a Zelda, the Zelda game and uh, this into it turned into a series. And I was just like, oh, shit, yeah, this is one of those things. And I was going and you know what I instantly reverted to was that fear, that concern, that disgust, that like place of the Prince of Persia remake thing that they try to do, you know, like where they go and they or the movie where they go and they make it a movie and it doesn't have anything to do with the game you're just like okay okay we know how they can do that but it's like nothing like the game at all like you're not even true right. to it at all the legend of zelda is one of my favorite games of all time all time i was a little bitty dude growing up on the legend of zelda on that nintendo man you remember the cereal the half mario half zelda yeah, cereal yeah, cereal yeah. Okay, the the cartoon, the all that stuff yep. and things. Yep. I love Zelda. Legend of Zelda's fucking awesome, dude. All right. That being said, you can't fuck this up. You can't mess this up if you do it. And I guess they just blew the lid and and kind of broke the silence. And Nintendo is like, Nah, we ain't we ain't doing this with you. Then y'all can't keep your mouth shut. And this gets leaked. We ain't doing this with you. So it was, I guess, happening. And then yeah. got got smashed, and I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. I I think it was probably a good move because I would assume that Nintendo knew, like, hey, what you're making right now, we're gonna have to tweak it. It's not what we consider to be quality. So, and then they leaked it, and they're like, you know what, it's way too early to be leaking this crap. Uh, so just forget it. You know, we're out. Um, the funniest thing to me though was that during this week also, it was leaked that there's a Sonic cartoon cg thing coming to netflix and Ooh. sega saw they leaked it and was like yeah well okay i guess you know now and, you know <laughs> and, right. then, and, and then nintendo found out they leaked that and they're like nope that's it it's well, over to be fair nintendo's sitting on a nice nest egg sony's broke his shit and doing anything for a diamond back alleys yeah yeah and nintendo uh they don't <laughs> dude that's one company you do not no with their ip they no. don't they they will come after you. They, they will hang your ass. Yeah, there was a there was a kid um, there was a kid uh, in um, I don't know some it was a third world country. It's all I remember. And um, he couldn't afford a switch. Really wanted one, right? So he made this little cardboard uh, switch, and he, he even rigged it with a little Mario character in there and all this stuff, right? It was pretty. It was pretty impressive, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was looking at it, and I was reading the comments, and somebody wrote in there. Uh, 
one week later, Nintendo saw this post and flew uh, the president and a couple other people flew all the way down to find this kid uh, and uh, slap him with the cease and desist. <laughs> It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. But you know, you're expecting it like they brought him a switch and all this. <laughs> and so that is, they didn't, that didn't happen, but it, it is very, uh, it's very telling of the way Nintendo actually goes to business. Oh, man. That's fun. That's fun, dude. Well, look at the whole thing like this, though. <laughs> if it went through, there's a 50 50 chance that it was going to be good. Okay. Because yeah. it's just the way things work. It's going to be either incredibly horribly mind-numbingly vomit-inducing bad right or it's going to be something you 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 basically record it to a to a dvd and sleep with it at night yeah the fact that they they shut it down just is like well now you can safely say that your nostalgia is safe Uh yeah because i mean i'm not i'm not that big into zelda because you know i don't own con i haven't owned a console since freaking snes yes i know I'm old, but um, I mean, I still whistle the the theme song from like Link to the Past. Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time, and yeah. I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'll be at like a lot of people out there know I race uh, little RC cars for for a hobby, and I'm up on the driver's stand and I'm whistling Zelda Link to the Past, and I get my butt my my racing buddies next to me, and they're looking at me like, <laughs> "What the hell is wrong with you?" I I always when I think of Zelda and especially Super Nintendo because I'm a lot like Sim like uh, my dad got me Zelda never even heard of it before on regular Nintendo and um, I just played the crap out of it uh, and then when it when it was on Super Nintendo my main thing is I remember that it was one of those games where everybody had it but like nobody had beaten it <laughs> you know what I mean like everybody had a save file and played it a lot but it's almost like they had no intention of beating it. Like it was, it was just such a grand, huge adventure back then. Like it was, you would never beat it. That's that's how I remember people talking about it and behaving about it. Which is funny now. You <clears throat> beat the game fairly quickly. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal, but it Dude. seemed that big of a deal back then. Oh man! Something in chat. <laughs> I see that Lexer the Gray. Not old until the until they see gray. I have got okay. During the summer, me and my wife like she comes home at lunch. I make I make mm-hmm. lunch and we eat on on the deck in the sun. Nice. She turns to me one day and goes, "Holy shit, you have a lot of gray hairs!" And I just picked up my my plate and I walked in the house. <laughs> it's like I fucking deal with this shit. He's like, he's like, no. My only saving grace is that I have a really bad camera and it's blurry as shit. Oh man, dude, it's too funny. So let's hit on one topic before we get too far into winding this one down. We have plenty more of these to to actually hit on, but ooh, oh, which one do I want to hit on, man? Uh, you know what? Let's go with this. This one's a big enough topic that we could do this one and wind down. I think. Okay. In MMORPGs. When you talk about your action bars, now some some games have it to where you can swap, like the Elder Scrolls Online. You got, you know, like you know, five active abilities in your ulti, and you bar swap, and that's your skill set, right? So you've essentially got twelve skills, potentially total, that are different that you can have on your on your you know bars, not including the fact that your gear sets and things of that nature can proc uh, as well, um, which what I would consider abilities. But um, yeah. then you got 
you know, games that give you just, you know, what, like 10 different action bars you can use and you got like all the space for it. You got all the options. Sky is the limit. Where where is a good medium in, in our minds on like how many action sets or hot bars that really are important? And I think this is the thing. Our levels for all of us of why we would say this many or that many are important because it's going to be different. Um, because, you know, maybe some of us, you know, feel like too many is too much. And some of us feel like, you know, too few or too short. Right. What are the pros and cons in our minds around, you know, how many you can have and what like really seems like the right fit for us and why? Well, as a designer, um, I'll put it this way. The, the more limited your action set is, the more important and impactful your abilities need to be. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can make it work. So if you've got one item slot, that thing better be like, boom, the whole zone zone is nuked. But to me personally, I prefer to have at least 10. I mean, I don't mind having less like Guild Wars 2 era or kind of thing or, or Pantheon. I don't mind it mm-hmm. as long as the abilities feel impactful and there's flexibility. Because that's the key. If you don't have flexibility then you need to add more abilities to make them flexible, which means you can't really get away with an a, with a limited action set if you've got five slots, but 57,000 freaking abilities that are all different. Yeah. You know, it's it's a bouncing game. Look at, so like Guild Wars 2, that's pretty good, you know, in terms of the feel when you're playing. Yeah. I, I would prefer a few more if it was me, because as a tank, I try to be as prepared as possible. Do not, I repeat, do not go as far as EverQuest 2 for the love of anything. Oh, yeah. oh, don't was, go that far. I was going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my uh, God. What is it? Like four bars oh, yeah. on the bottom, two on each side. Yeah, you get like four abilities per level all the way to level 120. Like, and it's got, absolutely nuts. And like, then tiers of abilities, and yeah. then you've got your clickies, and it's like, then you've got consumables, and you're like, you know what? Just fuck off. Just. Go away. No, no. So I I, I will say this, right? Um, If you're going to have a lot of abilities, then no more than 36. And the reason I say that is I have a Corsair as 12, right? I like pressing shift 1 through 12. No, regular 1 through 12, shift 1 through 12, control 1 through 12. And that's it. I don't want to do nothing else. I don't want to reach my my finger over and try to hit the alt button. Um, I, that's it. That's I'm done. 36 is a lot, right? Um, but I don't prefer that, right? Uh, I think that limited action set is smarter somewhere in the realm of 12, which does not count passives or buffs. That should be separate um, of actual mm-hmm. abilities, right? I think 12 is plenty. Uh, if if there's lots of options, right? Like, like you have a ton of options to pick from, but you have to be strategic and say, we're going to go do this content. Therefore, let me get these abilities out or, Hey, I'm tanking. So let me get these things out or we're missing a, uh, crowd control. Therefore, let me get this, these ability sets out. And that way it's not always the same. Uh, I played Guild Wars two. Uh, I was forced to do it for two weeks, uh, to, to do this uh, project that we're doing. 
and you get like five actual abilities pretty much um and i hated it uh now i know elder scrolls does the same uh and you can just switch weapons uh but there's something about the way that Guild Wars 2 did it because you like Elder Scrolls Online, you have a ton of options though on what goes on those um uh weapon slots, right? Mm-hmm. You have a ton of options, like it's insane uh how many options you have. Uh Guild Wars 2, you have quite a few, but it, that game just blows, man. No Trinity, so whatever. I just hate that game. I can't stand I can, it. I wholeheartedly. But yeah, I think 12 is okay if you're going to go with limited action set, 10 to 12. And if you're not, don't go past 36. That's just getting into wild EverQuest 2 territory, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at people who are buffers, you usually got where anywhere in the realm of one to four buffs generally for just buffs that are you for all intents and purposes useless slot. Mm-hmm. Now I think I think Pantheon is doing um a buff. A bar that is specifically for buffs, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can get away with a small action set that is non like non buffs because you're not really sacrificing anything. You're just splitting your one big 12 bar into two smaller bars. So it's essentially the same thing. They're just saying you can only put buffs here and only combat abilities here. Yeah. And and I'm sick and tired of the looking at the hot bar. Um I'm sick of that. I'm sick of the MMOs where there's so many abilities like EQ2 that you you're playing the whole game looking at your hotbar, right? Uh, yep. 36, you can you can get you can master that, right? You can get to a point where you glance down at it to make sure you're right in your timing um, for the next thing, the next uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, the next combo. Switch War was exactly the same way though. I mean, we I had two sidebars full and and double bottom bars full of stuff. I played a Sith Inquisitor, the tank, oh. naturally. And there's a buff they have that you need to have for tanking because it gives you like crazy evasion, crazy mitigation. So if, if it, and it only lasts, I think, like 26 seconds. So if you don't have that on, you're screwed. So because there's just so much stuff in my bar, I wrote a script that would hit that button for me. I like set it to like, arrow up or something and i made a script that would hit it every 25 seconds yeah yeah because i did, I had too much shit to deal with already yeah when you get to the point where people are thinking about doing that yeah might have done something wrong mm. i'm uh i'm definitely on board with the 12 to 36 being max and uh for the same reasons and i think that one one like piece i'm going to say about the elder scrolls online is that they do, even though you've got a limited set, because bar swapping is there, you technically have 12. Right. Right. I feel like when you go below 12, it just does, it feels lackluster to me. I agree. And I feel like I'm mashing too many of the same buttons. I, I don't feel like there's enough diversity. It just feels super cookie cutter. And that was kind of an area where I felt like, wow, is that for a time? For that reason, you know, when it went away, I think it was Cataclysm. They started to like do the minimizing and and all that. And I felt like I felt I started losing class identity in the skills that I had. Um, I still remember with WoW where it was if you had any competency as a macroer, my God, you could do some crazy things in that game. I had every class and I turned it down to four buttons. Yeah. That was just near the end of my career there because I was just getting bored. 
or he could just be a mage where they've only got like a couple of things that <laughs> matter anyway. <laughs> Arcane intelligence, whatever oh, the hell geez, the, the dude. nuke is right now. <laughs> oh, and then he had Arcane Explosion for AEs. Dude. Uh, definitely want to talk a little bit more about some game development uh, domains, I think, for our next show. But we are about uh, to that time, friends. And uh, I think on that note, gentlemen, why don't we let everybody listening, watching know your domains, where they can find you if they want to catch you. We'll start with Nathan. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, uh, the Nathan Napalm. And I'm also on uh, Twitter. Um uh, the Nathan Napalm as well. Um, so that's where you can find me in this show. And Lexer. If you're looking for me on Twitter, which is the only social media I really use, I really suggest you go to whitepages.com and look up a local therapist dead. But <laughs> if you really want to get a hold of me, you can go to defendthenightgame.com, go. <laughs> join their Discord, and that's where I usually am. I'm always offline with Discord, even though I'm sitting at the computer 12 hours a day. So the only way to get a hold of me is to go to their Discord and tag me. Yes. And Lexer, you'll be happy to know that that remember that one time you were like, I'm really glad that I keep myself as offline because I'd hate to show up in your Discord sim as a paladin because I was a subscriber rank back in the day. Oh, yeah. Be happy, like, to, yeah. Be happy to know it's <laughs> Imperial Flame now and it's red. Well, I don't know if I want to be flaming now either. <laughs> And on that note, friends, I think we're going to go ahead and leave this one right here. I'm sure we have something coming up from Lexer right on the outro because he likes to get that in for Paladins. We'll see if I can mute him in time. Probably not, but we may <laughs> might be at the end of this show, friends. But as always, we are looking for more to join the party. Ransom plenty until next time. Take care of yourselves and stay safe. We'll see you real soon. Don't forget, I'd rather play Black Touch online than play a Paladin. Unfucking believable. <laughs> see you later, everybody.